Welcome to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him. That is a revelation of resurrection for every one of us as believers. I'd like to ask you today on this Resurrection Sunday, can we, re- can we move what we know in our head down into our heart and let the matter become a living thing instead of just a knowledge thing? Instead of just walking in the knowledge of it, might we walk in the power of, rev- of revelation in it? Listen, it's Christ lives in me, not Christ dying in me. And the life which I now live by the flesh, I uh, live and in, in, in live. Uh, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, gave himself for me. The power of that word is that it's Christ living in me. In the Amplified, it says it this way. I've been crucified with Christ, and in him I have shared his, his um, crucifixion, and it is no longer I who live. So there's someone else on the inside working on the outside. But Christ, the Messiah, lives in me. And the life I now live in this body, I live by faith in and adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So this is not Christ in me dying. This is Christ in me living. Just say that out loud, would you? Just uh, Christ in me living. Yeah, Christ in me living. Christ in you at home living. Someone has said, if this is what living is, I don't like it. You don't like the separation? Let me just tell you something right now. Listen, sons and daughters, I'm talking to you. All of you who are sons and daughters of the Lord, those of you who have come into the family of God, I want to tell you something. You must be a revelation of the resurrection of the living Lord in this moment. Because when we do step back into our social gatherings and our workplaces, there needs to be something very different about us. When we step there, there has to be a different testimony. Let not our testimony be in agreeance with, oh, woe is me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I have no luck at all. Okay, it's the hee-haw thing. Uh, you understand? Listen, when you step back into that, let us find a, a constant flow of a river of resurrection. Let that be in our life. Can I have an amen? So we're talking about the life that overcomes is the life of Christ in me. The life that overcomes is the life of Christ in me. The one Christ, Christ, the one who overcomes is the one who's living in me and that life is the life that overcomes the world, even the things that are in the world. Come on. Romans 6, 4, we read it earlier. Just want to read it one more time. That verse 4, it said it this way. Your old sin-living, sin-loving nature was buried with him in baptism when he died. And when God the Father, with glorious power, brought him back to life again, you were given his wonderful new life to enjoy. You and I are given his wonderful resurrected life. The resurrected life of Christ is given to us that we might enjoy the wonderful life of Christ in us. So we're not lonely. You're not lonely. Oh, pastor, then I feel lonely. I understand. 
but you're not alone. This scripture says Christ in you, the hope of glory, this Christ. Pastor Dan, what do I do with these feelings? Acknowledge the feeling and then cast it aside and begin to pray in the spirit and let that river of resurrection life flow from your belly out of your mouth and let it bring life to you first, that it might be life to someone else. This is what we call newness of life that we just read about in Galatians. So listen, take a moment here with me. Examine our thoughts. I've had some thoughts during this time. I've even had conspiracy thoughts. I've had thoughts about who is it that's just literally trying to take away your worship while also um, wanting to control your life. I've had thoughts. Thoughts have run through my mind. They got in the front door and they got out the back door. A couple of them tried to take up squatters' rights and I told them, I'll flush you if you don't go. Are you hearing me? Thoughts. Thoughts happen. I acknowledge that thoughts happen. So what happens when thoughts happen? You don't keep them. There are other thoughts. I have other thoughts. I have these thoughts. The Lord says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Well, Lord, what thoughts do you think towards me? Oh, for a future and a hope, for, for good and not for evil. So those are the thoughts I need to be thinking about and let that resurrected flow of water begin to flow out of my life. So uh, listen, we're gonna give access to the Holy Spirit to do something. When you're having thoughts and you're not sure what to do with it, say this, oh, Holy Spirit, come. Would you just come right now? I give you access to my heart. When thoughts come, take the moment to give access to your heart to Holy Spirit. And when you give access to him in your heart, your heart will begin to rise up with truth. And the spirit of truth will tell thoughts, you don't belong here. You got to leave. Heart access to Holy Spirit so that he might prevail, convey, communicate, activate the word of God that you've read and you've sown into your heart, let him water the seed in those wonderful um, fields of your heart and let the crop begin to grow. Stay with me. So as we then examine our thoughts and then we give access to Holy Spirit as he reveals our heart, then you check whatever you need to do. If there's something to repent of, just quickly repent and move forward. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. But... But your yesterdays are, are under the blood. Your, your failures and your successes. It's not fair to the Lord to bring your personal successes into your present. And then think that somehow your, your failures won't be with you too. So when I surrender the good and the bad to Christ, then Christ becomes the constant. He becomes the moment. He becomes the thoughts. He becomes the ruler in my heart. I want him to set upon the throne of my heart. I got off it. I asked him to be Lord and Savior. Ask him today to be Lord and Savior. Embrace the resurrection and the power of the cross. All right. I have to read a little bit more scripture and give you um, these five simple points that I think will be transformational for us in this season that we're in. I'm speaking to a season that we're in, all right? Speaking to a season. So uh, would you open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 1 
And I'm going to start probably with verse 3, if you'll just allow me to do so. I want to read for a while. I want to get to a point that's really important. But I believe these verses here just paint the picture for these five simple things that I think are a great takeaway for us uh, in this resurrection season. Mm -hmm. Resurrection season. Uh, I didn't get any Easter lilies for the altar, but I found my silks uh, in the closet and I brought them out so it could remind me that Christ the Lord is risen today. Aren't you glad for that? I I love Easter lilies. Did you find Ephesians? Okay, I gave you long enough. Verse 3. May blessings, praise, laudation, and eulogy be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual spiritual blessing given by the Holy Spirit in the heavenly realm. Even as in his love he chose us, he actually picked us out for himself. He picked you out for himself. Aren't you glad for that? As his own in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and consecrated and set apart for him and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love, not before him in condemnation, but before him in love. If condemnation is what you're having thoughts of, you're still in your head. We want to get to our heart where out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. Condemnation is a sign that there are thoughts that are ruling instead of Jesus ruling here in our heart. And the heart is the centrifuge. It's right at the center point of who we are in spirit, soul, and body. So we're going to let the Holy Spirit bring love to the forefront instead of condemnation. Verse 5, for he, the Lord, foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the purpose of his will because it pleased him and was his kind intent. It pleased him and it was his kind intent that you and I would be adopted. I needed an adoption and I was adopted by my heavenly father through Jesus Christ, my attorney. Uh, He did a great job. Verse 6, so that we might be to the praise and to the commendation of his glorious grace, favor, and mercy, which he so freely bestowed upon us in the beloved. What I'm reading to you is the forward movement of resurrection power and revelation in our life as we move into this next season. Because this is going to pass. This is going to end. What we're in is going to come to an end. Wisdom, will, wisdom is going to bear forth, and there will, fear will give way, and strategies will, will, will become apparent, and we will move forward. And we will do things in ways that are healthy and stewarding for one another because we love one another, even as the Father we just found out loves us. But we're moving forward. This will not last always. There is a job for you. I'm speaking to you. I'm telling you now there's a job for you. And they may have said to you, we won't need you anymore. We're not going to be able to do this business anymore. That's just fine. Uh, God is your source and resource. He's going to provide for you something better in this moment. Do not allow the momentary circumstances to declare to you anything but I came this far to keep going on. I came thus far to continue on. And his kind intent, his loving intentions, intentions for in him we have redemption, deliverance, verse 7, salvation through his blood, the remission and forgiveness of our sins and our shortcomings and our trespasses. Not just sins, but our shortcomings and our trespasses. All of that taken care of by the blood. Aren't you glad? In accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor, which he lavished upon us in every kind of wisdom and understanding, practical insight, and prudence. You have been given wisdom and insight and understanding. So we're going to get out of this. We're going to get back into here. 
I'm not saying that your brain isn't important. I'm saying your brain should be the place where activation, we're going to act out of from our heart where we know the spirit of truth is. That's why the Bible tells us, wash this with the word. Get the word inside so you're going to wash this and change the way we think. I need my brain to be um, have an encounter with a resurrection power that I might live in the life that he's made for us. Verse 9, making known to us the mystery and the secret of his will, his plan and his purpose for us. And it is this, in accordance with his good pleasure, his merciful intention, which he had previously purposed and set forth in Christ. Verse 10, and he planned for the maturity of the times and the climax of the ages and to unify all things and head them all up and consummate them in Christ. Listen, this will end all ultimately in Christ establishing his kingdom here on the planet. There's some stuff that's got to happen before then. So both things in heaven and things on the earth is what it says there in verse 10. Verse 11, in him we were also made God's heritage. We're made his portion. We've obtained an inheritance in him. For he had been, for we, you and I have been ordained, foreordained, chosen, appointed beforehand in the accordance of his purpose who works out everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his own will. So that we who first hoped in Christ, who put our confidence in him, and we've been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. These verses are an outflow of what resurrected life is in us. On this Resurrection Sunday, I'm wanting to speak to those who are believers, and I'm going to make a plea for someone who's not yet come to Christ in a moment, but I want to ask you who are believers Come back into the right flow of understanding how we walk in resurrection power. Verse 13, in him you also heard the word of truth, the glad tidings of the gospel for your salvation. You believed in, you adhered to, you relied on him. You were stamped or marked with the seal of a long-promised Holy Spirit. That the Spirit is the guarantee of your inheritance, the first fruits, the pledge, and the foretaste. He is the down payment on our heritage. Aren't you glad for that? The Holy Spirit in you is down payment. He is the guarantee in anticipation for full redemption. Verse 15, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love towards all the saints and the people of God, verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And that's where I am personally today with you who are listening right now. With those of you who are participating in the service, I just want to say to you, I've been praying for you. And my prayers are that you would, according to all this that Paul has just been declaring, you would embrace this truth. And that out of you now would begin to flow something so life-changing. A new orientation towards resurrection power. Look at verse 18. By having eyes of your heart flooded with light. Let the eyes of your heart. That means your heart should see. Your heart doesn't just pump blood. I mean your heart. That part of you where all this information coming in from your body, all the gateways coming in, and then your spirit is proclaiming the word of truth, and your mind is uh, taking a hold of the word of God and allowing it to become a fortress and a living place. Not not just a a, a buttress or a, a fortress as we would use in a military term, but it becomes your house and your living room. Your mind should not be a scary spook house. Your mind for you should be a living watered garden for your life. And so I'm saying to you that your eyes being flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set apart ones, you, 
The saints are set apart for him and his purpose. Verse 19, and I'm getting to the point that I need to end and then move into this. Listen. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in us for us who believe. A demonstration in the working of his mighty strength. A demonstration in the working of his mighty strength. Point number one, listen, this is Christ in this. Point number one, light that can be seen in the darkness. Write it down. Light that can be seen in the darkness. What's the practical application of the day? I need his light to be seen in me in this dark moment. For me, for my bride, for my children, for this congregation, for this community that we live in, all across the nation. These five points I find from this message today. You and I, light that can be seen in the darkness. That's number one. Number two, salt that can be tasted in the decay. The world is decaying. Situations seem to be decaying. We've had all kinds of reports from around the nation and the world. This and that is happening. They're doing mass burials of people who died, bodies who've not been uh, collected. We, we understand we live in a world that is fallen. There's decay in the world. Yet, he called you and me to change the moral decay, the emotional decay, the thought life decay, the spiritual decay by being salt in this world that we live in. You are light and you will see because the light of God is shining on the inside of you. And that light is brighter than you thought. So remember we check those thoughts and we ask Holy Spirit to examine our heart and then we embrace this word of truth that Paul has spoken to us here in, uh, to the church at Ephesus and to us today, these 2,000 years later. So we are light and we are salt and salt is a preserver. Salt will preserve from decay. They used to use it for hams. I know I'm talking about ham on, on Resurrection Sunday morning. It's the abomination of desolations. I'm sorry. If you like hams on, on Easter Sunday, more power to you. I've been known to eat it too. But I thought many times about hams. And Okay, so that's a whole other story. But ham that's been preserved in salt, mm, I'm going to try not to say yum too loud. Just good old ham. All right. I've been to places where salt was preserving. I've been into salt mines where they would put food to preserve it for the months and the years until the winter time came. The salt simply preserved. You and I are called to be salt to preserve. Number three, ready? Number three, you and I are called to be because of this revelation, because of this Christ resurrection in us, because of him in us, we are called to be influence that can be felt in disturbance. Influence that can be felt in the disturbance. We live in disturbing times, but you're called to be an influence. I'm called to be an influence, not an influence of disturbance, but an influence in disturbance. That when disturbance is all around, I will be a non-anxious presence in a chronically anxious situation. Light, salt, Influence. Number four, testimony. God has called you to have the testimony of resurrection 
in your mouth, in your heart, in your life. Testimony. When I told you about Dr. Cahill and what happened in his life, that was testimony. When he told me how God resurrected his pancreas and brought him back to life, literally gave him his life back, that is the power of testimony. Testimony that can be heard in doubt. Testimony that can be heard in doubt. There's a lot of folk got a testimony, but some of them are not being heard when doubt is being proclaimed and declared. I don't know that we'll ever get back to normal. You'll never be able to shake people's hands again. Oh, you ought to write off a hug at anybody. You'll have to wear a mask everywhere you go. Run if you want to. Run if you will. I came here to stay. So listen, I just want to say something to you. You and I have a testimony. And that testimony is going to be a proclaimed testimony in the midst of, in the presence of doubt. When people are speaking doubt, declare what you know. This is what I know. You cannot take away from me the joy of resurrection that came in the middle of the night, trying to process my mother's move to heaven and a little bit torqued at God for her going as soon as she did and trying to reconcile that so that I could move forward. But God, who is rich in his mercy towards me, he gave me a revelation of this resurrection power. And I saw her in her resurrected state. And from this day forward, I can tell you, I've been able to walk in the promise of, I know that she is alive. And one day, her body will also be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. She'll have a new body, praise the Lord, and she'll have a new mind. I'm just telling you right now that there is something powerful here about testimony. Do you have a testimony? I can tell you time and time again when I saw God bring people back into a wholeness or health or healing and marriage is restored. I remember my cousin just walking down the, the hallway of the hospital. He wasn't singing do what did it did it but he was just walking down the hall when a woman jumped into the hallway and said, are you a Pentecostal preacher? Now who jumps out of a door and says, are you a Pentecostal preacher? I'll tell you who, a woman who's just been told by the doctor that the baby, her child is dead and it's not, she will never see it again. It's died, it's dead. And she jumped into the hallway and saw a man in a suit and said, are you a Pentecostal preacher? He said, yes, I am. When the testimony rises up on the inside of you and he didn't even know the why, he had no reason. He just heard a mother say, are you? One who carries the testimony of Pentecostal resurrection power. And his answer was, yes, I am. And she hauled him in that room. He laid his hands on the child. And the doctor said, why are you here? This child is gone. The child is dead. And she told them, you back up. And he prayed. And when he did, life came back into that child's body. And the child was raised from the dead. Oh, and then the doctors and nurses scurried around trying to figure out what they could do to help. But they were in shock and awe. Testimony was already on the inside of my cousin, Pastor Rick Thompson. Pastor Rick was already carrying the testimony of resurrection life. And all he had... All he had to do that day was just walk down the hall at an appointed time and then be hauled in to bear witness that a, a tomb of a hospital room was about to become the open tomb and Christ would bring back life to the child. I'm just telling you today 
There's a testimony for you. You know what God has done, and you know what God's done for others. So let the testimony arise when doubt tries to come in like a flood. I'm trying to get to number five. I wish you would listen faster. So number five, it's witness. Write it down, witness. What is witness? I'll tell you what witness is. Witness that cannot be denied. For I've seen him. That's how it worked. The women come down to the tomb. They were going to find a tomb. They knew there would be a stone in front of it. They yet didn't know how they would get in there, but they knew that Jesus needed to have some more anointed oils put on him. But when they got there, they saw the witness that the stone had been rolled away and there was an angel there. These women went and told the boys what happened and two of them ran to get there to the tomb. Did you hear me? He raised the key just a half step for modulation's sake in the middle of the preaching. And then what happened was that the angel wanted to know why you're here how about Mary Magdalene she's there in the garden and she's just all, all beside herself they've come and taken her savior's body away but when she heard the voice she heard the voice of the one she knew as Lord and Savior. And he said, Mary. And she knew that voice and said, Rabboni. And when she called out his name, she grabbed a hold of his feet. When the witness is stronger than any circumstance around you, listen, it cannot be denied. That woman went and told everybody. First evangelists in the Bible were women folk. You understand that. And so here we are now with filled with witness of his power. So in closing, while the worship team comes to get themselves around and be ready for this last song, because I want us just to worship the Lord. I didn't give you a 15 minute one. I thought I could do it in 20. It didn't work. The demonstration of a powerful proof is the witness that cannot be denied. It's resurrection power in your life. So right now, if you're listening and you don't know Jesus, why delay another moment? Listen, right now is your day. Just say this, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I give you my brokenness. I give you my woundedness. Say, I give you my sin. I give you my wins and my fails. I give it all to you. Say this with me. I want the power of resurrection in me. Lord, I want, to, I want the power of resurrection. I claim the blood of Jesus. I claim an empty tomb. It will be my witness. Thank you for a personal word in my heart, Lord. Now, if you just prayed that, I want you to let somebody know so that we can pray with you as well as we'd love to get you baptized because Paul said, when you are baptized in the water, you're being buried with Christ and raised with him in the newness of life. Shikamoshai, don't let the power pass you by. Let's get you water baptized. Now for you sons and daughters, this is the day. This is the resurrection day when the finality, the last nail in the hands of a demonic stronghold that has ravaged your mind, this is your day for your thoughts to find a turnaround where Christ comes and sets upon the throne of your heart and where Holy Spirit examines it and says, this is where life is flowing and we give weight to it and we allow light and salt to fulfill the purposes of seeing and becoming an influence where influence brings the change. 
Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at KNEO.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free.